I guarantee you. Amen. But that it was just, uh, just everything was immaculate. It was just good. The apple pie, the chocolate. I'm telling you now, the chocolate. If you want me to go into orbit? Just give me some chocolate. They um they found out up at brother um brother Westberg's that I love chocolate. I heard a knock on my door one day and went to the door and there wasn't nobody there and there was a chocolate candy bar taped on my door and um, I really liked that and. Next day, I heard another knock at the door and on the door, and they went over there again. And I said, "Well, look down there's a basket just piled up with chocolates." And uh, I, I'll tell you, I gained so much weight till I told him, "Please don't do that anymore." But uh, I, I won't tell you not to do it. But uh, the Lord bless you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank the Lord. All right, that's commercial number two. Praise God. Book of Saint John, chapter eleven. Thank you for coming, and uh, thank you for the offerings that you're giving. May the Lord uh, bless you very much for uh, the expense of this revival. Uh, it, it does take a lot. I, I wish I could just operate free and go around preach free of charge, but it just it just takes a whole lot. And thank you for for your sacrifice. And the Lord, the Bible said, the Lord will give you back the full fold. Amen. I've always said don't never let your giving be begrudging. Because if it's begrudging, you'll never get nothing out of it. I heard somebody make this statement one time. Said let your giving be according to your income. Unless God makes your income according to your giving. Amen. Oh, I, I always thought and always in my mind, I sit where you at. And uh, I gave from my heart. The Lord will bless you for it. Thank you so much. St. John chapter 11 verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany. The town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment. And wiped his feet with her hair. Whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him saying, Lord, behold... He whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after he said to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. The disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walketh in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and then after he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he should do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Demetrius, unto his fellow disciples, Let us go also that we may die with him.
Everybody say amen. You may be seated. God bless you tonight. Praise God. Let's give the Lord another good hand praise. And Thomas said, let us go also that we may die with him. All Thomas could see was a stone, the fly. What in the world was that? Praise God. Oh, somebody done hummed a stone that missed me. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Everybody say praise the Lord. <laughs> well, if that was a stone out of somebody's ring, it was a big one. Amen. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Yeah, and I'm fixing to have a disaster right here. My glasses are fixing to fall out. I just heard it pop. Who's out of place? You know, when you got something you really want to talk about, the devil likes to do all kinds of things. And when again, I made it a stay. I hope it will. All right. I want to preach on this subject just for a little while by the help of the Lord. The sin that made God proud. Now, right off, a lot of people say, now, wait a minute. God's a spirit. God's never cried. But God in the flesh did cry. He stood overlooking Jerusalem, and the Bible said he wept, and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft have I gathered you together as a hen with her brood. Then standing at the grave of Lazarus, the Bible says again, he wept. Not because of death, but because of unbelief. How many times would God have done a miraculous miracle had it not been for our unbelief. I personally believe with all of my heart we miss some of our greatest miracles in church because doubt walls itself up around us. When we should have said, I believe it on the authority of the word, but there was a little if sign, a little question sign that jumped up there and the miracle was thought or stopped or stayed its hand. Hallelujah. Jesus was trying to tell his disciples, you're fixing to witness the greatest miracle you've ever seen yet. But their minds were somewhere else. I believe there's times in church if we could have had all of our minds together, if we could have been in one accord and in the same place, oh God, blow the roof off the place. Come on now, church. Y'all going to preach with me a little while? The sin that made God cry. How many times has God in the Spirit stood somewhere in this assembly and wept over this assembly because we couldn't all get it together at times? One writer says we crucify God afresh. Hallelujah. 
Oh, I feel a surge of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Let's lift our hands and love the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You see, we are living in a, a society today where any John Doe can jump up and proclaim something and, and most generally he'll get a crowd that'll believe what he's saying. Amen. And if you don't believe what I'm telling you, you just go to Walmart and look at some of the tabloids that's hanging on the, uh, on, on the stands right there next to the cash register going to the grocery store. Uh, the, those, those jokers are belching out things. It's just uh, mind-boggling. And 99% and, and of it don't have one ounce of truth in it at all. It's just propaganda and, and stories blowed out of proportion to, to reach the gullible minds of people that don't know how to sort out things. <laughs> I was listening to the radio earlier this morning a man drove 300 miles to Kansas City to be at a bookstore that was going to open up at midnight last night to buy a book he, he wanted to find out the sequel about Gone with the Wind that was made back in the 30's sometime or another and, and they, they, they wrote a sequel to it now the book and it's supposed to come out with a movie later on understand what a red, but he drove 300 miles and stood in line six hours just to find out what happened to Scarlet. Gullible. But tell him something in the Word of God, he'll thumb his nose at you. <laughs> Where'd you get that track? Tra but they'll believe something like that and go to any extent to get something. One writer said, having itching ears, rather hear a fable than the truth. Come on now. Y'all gonna preach with me tonight? I I'm telling you, God sometimes says squalling and bawling because of our unbelief and our so inconsiderate thought of the Word of God. If we could only believe what the Word says, uh, how many more miracles could we have? But, but, but somebody come along and print a story and, and got a so-called picture. Just the other day I seen one. Oh, this blew my mind. This guy killed this 23-pound grasshopper. Y'all seen that? Some of y'all seen that. 23-pound grasshopper. He shot him with a 30-30. But it, now the story goes that the grasshopper eat up an acre and a half of corn before he killed him. But he only weighed 23 pounds. I mean, I, I ate one good-sized heifer of that corn that sister fixed, and I felt like I had eaten 23 pounds of corn. If I'd have let myself go, I'd eat the whole bowl. I'd never give him a drop of it. But, but people will believe that kind of garbage, that kind of a story. You know, the National Geographic is a lot of people's Bible. 
Man, whatever the geographic says, you know, Dr. Sickmas nice uh, P-D-D-H-T-P-P out there on the end of his name. He's important, man. And what he says is gospel. They found a tooth up here in Iowa here sometime back. Y'all hear about this? Read about this. Found a tooth. They've done a carbon date uh, uh, test on it and found that tooth to be six million years old. Oh, it blew their minds. I mean, the geographics jumped on this and all these uh, uh, archaeologists jumped on this and they began to write stories about this. They got this guy there was a good artist. He drew a picture of a man just looking at that tooth. What he thought he looked like six million years ago. He got so inspired, right beside that man, he drew a woman just looking at that tooth. And people believe that junk. But they decided we might better run another test on this thing. They found that tooth to be a hog's tooth. So help me God. After all them stores is printed, all them pictures is drawn, and got every mind, everybody's mind just boggled and just, ooh, look what we have found. And found that thing to be nothing but a tush out of a hog's mouth. Galileo come along in the latter part of the 14th century, the early part of the 15th century, and, and he went against man's theory. The theory was at that time that the world was flat. You, you go out there so far, you fall off. But Galileo come along with a new theory and said the world is not flat, it's round. The Catholic Church got so upset at Galileo, they, they excommunicated him out of the Catholic Church banned him as a heretic and, and separated him from his community and demanded that nobody speak to him. Isolated him. But in 1988, the Catholic Church reinstated him. Finally admitted the world was round. And then made a saint out of him. Put him up in the window. Made a statue out of it. Now that's the kind of world we're living in. Charles Darwin come along at the turn of the century. He said, well he came up with the theory of evolution. He says that man come from the lower species of the animal kingdom. And he had so much clout and, and pulled so much weight until it's compulsory in our, in our, in our uh, uh, schools today. The theory of evolution has to be taught, but yet Christianity can't be taught. Now he said that we come from the monkeys. Now what I want to know is, my question is, what happened to them monkeys that's still out there? Now, if we come from the monkey, what happened to them? So that, that, that washes that all out. But, but people believe that. Einstein come along and said, uh, he, he said a lot of things. Of course, people said, uh, he's an idiot. He's, uh, in fact, his teacher said he wasn't worth nothing. He was a bum. He was just so, so mixed up. But yet, Einstein made such a, 
a mark on our society with his mathematical uh, whiz of being so smart on figuring any equation. He had an answer for it. I don't care how big of an equation it was or what the, the, the uh, matter was as in, in far as uh, uh, going into matter and all that. He could figure out an answer for it. He got up there and looked at the sun. He said it's 93 million miles to the sun. Now, we've never measured it, but because Einstein said it, we believe it. Now, I've got a left tape. I've turned my trailer 30 foot long if you'd like to try it. But, but Einstein said so we believe it. <laughs> We don't know whether it's 93 million miles to the sun or not. But, 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 but Einstein says it is. He could project angles and look at uh, the hot pot use of this and, and go to the seventh heaven of this. And, and he had an answer for it. And everybody believes that. He looked at the moon. He said it's 234 miles, 234,000 miles to the moon at this angle. It's the position of the earth. They, well, we got smart enough. I, I, I guess we did. Well, we, we put in rockets up there. and They put a speed on the cable on that thing. And they come back and said, Einstein's right. It's 234,000 miles to the moon. But now to get my daddy to believe that, that's another story. My daddy's 73 years old. I love him dead. He's sweet and precious he can be. But he said, Charles, right out there in New Mexico is where they're doing all that stuff. They ain't went to no moon. I said, Daddy, <laughs> we're living in, in 1991. Man, we got rockets. You hear it on the news. He said, ah, that's propaganda right out there in New Mexico. That's where they're doing all that stuff. And then lo and behold, I walked in Walmart the other day, and there's one of them tabloids sitting right there. When I come to the cash register, it says, big bold print, we have not been to the moon. It's all done in New Mexico. I looked at that and I said, my God, my dad is a prophet. He don't even know it. I mean, I said, how does my daddy know all this stuff, you know? But I'm telling you what, our news world is belting out stuff to grab our minds and playing with our minds until when you read the real word of God, nobody don't want to believe it because it's truth. Somebody made this statement that a lie can go clean around the world before truth ever get to first base. So we're in a society that is programming us to believe anything but truth. You know, God asked Abraham one time to count the stars. I, I don't forgot exactly what the argument was about. But anyway, uh, God said, can you count the stars? And Abraham said, well, sure I can. 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, 45, 60, 70, 90. Wait a minute, I think I can. Wait a minute. 89, 90, 91, 92, and 3. God, I can't count them stars. But would you know we got somebody that's counted them? Get your pen and paper out of it. You ain't going to believe this. <laughs> he said there's 581 trillion, 678 billion, 934 million, 341,000 stars. Now get out there on a, a clear night and see if you can count them. You get that figure? Let me, let me pass it by again. 581 trillion. I heard a new figure the other day. It's called... It's a zillion now. My God, I can't even count this here. I just barely can quote it. 581 trillion, 678 billion, 934 million, 341,000 stars. 
and we'll believe it because some idiot said he'd count but now but now listen to this Brother Elder can come in here and paint this door green tomorrow I mean paint it a beautiful green put a sign here put a sign here wet paint do not touch there'll be some yo-yo before that service is over with that day's over with night's over tomorrow night I'll be touch that thing I guarantee you. I sat, I sat, and uh, I asked to speak at this church. I sat in my in my automobile, uh, waiting for uh, the time to go in. Sidewalk coming down the side of the church. There was a gas meter standing right there. The gas company come out and painted that thing. They put two signs inside. I watched two grown people walk by that gas meter with them signs. They stopped when they seen the sign. Wet paint. They reached out there and touched it. Come back with silver paint on their fingers. They said, well, it is wet. The sign said it was wet. <laughs> but now you read the Word of God to somebody. Preacher, you've got to prove wet to me. The Bible don't need no proving. It's done been proven, honey. All we got to do is just measure up to what it says and there's no questions about it. Come on. Hey, if, if, if the Word of God says if we'll have faith as a grain of mustard seed and we'll believe without doubting. Come on now. Believe without doubting. Then the miracle is on the way. Listen to this scripture. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 21, I believe it is. Right quick. I can get these pages up together here. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. All things whatsoever thou ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Now we get down and pray. Oh God. Man, Loretta's got problems, God. We, uh, we need $500 today, God. And because it don't happen, we get up and say, well, I didn't think it was going to happen anyway. All things whatsoever thou shalt ask in prayer. You notice it says, ask in prayer. You don't just run out there on the outside there and turn your head up towards that. God expect a funnel to fall in your mouth and be filled up. It involves some work. Involves some prayer time to get the job done. All things whatsoever thou hast in prayer believing, you shall receive. Now, if I can believe, the miracle is on the way. I'm driving down the, the highway the other day, a few days ago. I looked down at my gas gauge. And uh, I see that I ain't got enough of gas to get where I'm supposed to be going. I check my, 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 my shirt pocket. I generally keep a uh, calendar thing here with my money folded up in there. I had a $10 bill. It's all I had. And, and I thought, well, if I, if I buy the gas, it'll just get me there. And then I'm just broke as a skunk. And, and then I'll have to just uh, live all week long without anything. Uh, I said, God, you've got to help me. Then I stopped. I said, no, wait a minute, God, I'm begging. I ain't going to beg you. I begin to worship. Oh, 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 Lord, you're so wonderful. God, I love you. You're so good to me, God. Oh, Jesus. And I begin to sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Whoa! Oh, 
Oh, God, you're good. <laughs> oh, I love you, God. God, look at my gas tank. And I sang a little bit more. I said, God, did you look at it? At that time, a horn blowed right out beside my car, my truck, going down the highway. Well, I'm singing, happy, and I didn't notice it, and I heard it home again. Then it rested on me. Somebody's blowing a horn at me. I looked around it, and there's this preacher. I don't know where he comes from. All I know is Gabriel found him somewhere on the back 40 and just picked him up and set him down right beside my truck there. He motioned me to pull over. I pulled over and stopped and got out. He said, preacher, where in the world are you headed? I said, well, I'm going to such and such a place to preach a revival. He said, man, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said to ask you, do you need some gas in that truck? Oh, what do you think I did? No, I don't need none. Son, I exploded on that side of that road. I thought, I said, man, I'm just praying that God would somehow or another open up the windows of heaven. He said, the Lord told me to give you $40 to fill that thing up. Son, I hugged his neck and shouted and slung gravel everywhere around there. Boy, I got back in that truck. Whatever you ask believing in prayer, it shall be done. Now, I, I don't know how much praying was going on back at the house of, of this trio of, of uh, two sisters and a brother. Uh, now, the, the Bible doesn't give us a, a, a lot of story here. It doesn't tell us a lot, but I picked up a little bit tidbits here and there out of uh, commentaries and, and, and historians. And, and from all accounts, this, this uh, family was very wealthy, very well off, and was a very commodious type people very friendly, always was outgoing. The table was always set. There was always food on the table. Jesus, uh, in what I read, uh, spent a lot of time at their house and him conversing back and forth across the country. And they had a special room for him. And, uh, and, and he tried to get there and maybe rest a little bit. But when word would get that, uh, out that, that he's there at uh, Martha and Mary and Lazarus' house, uh, history says the house would fill up. Everybody bring everything you could think of, and they'd be thrusting them at Jesus. Heal my grandpa. Heal, heal my mama. Heal my baby. Do this. Do that. Do that. And there was very little rest that he could ever really get. But right there in that house was a sick man. Now, now the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what's wrong with him. It just says he, he was a man that was sick. Now, history, historians uh, try to tell us, a commentator tries to tell us that he was a hemophiliac. Now, I can't verify that. I wasn't there, but, but he was a sick man and he was dying. And uh, they say he was a free bleeder. I don't know. But, but Jesus performed miracles again and again. And somehow or another, he always overlooked Lazarus, him being sick. For what reason, I don't know. Other than what I read in the Bible, that Jesus said that this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. There's some things that God just wants to get some glory out of it. Not for himself, but the church may be glorified. That faith may be imputed in our hearts. Uh, that when we're up against it, uh, when we're on the rough side of the mountain, God can put faith in our hearts uh, that we can believe God for a miracle to happen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many times have you had your back against the wall and you didn't know which way to turn and all of a sudden, all of a sudden you didn't see no, no escape at all and all of a sudden there was a way of escape and all of a sudden there was a miracle laid in your hand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My, my brother pastor down here in Warner, Oklahoma, 
for several years. My baby brother, man, walked in his office and said, Brother Bourne, uh, GMAC call. They're going to come get my car. He got laid off and wouldn't have no work, and he got behind on his car payments. And, and uh, Brother Bourne, I, I've got to have my car. I, I, I can't afford to lose it. I don't have no money. He said, Brother Bourne, I need $500 today. And uh, if, if you just help me pray. I'm trying to have faith, but my faith is kind of wavered, and I'm kind of stumbling. Help me pray. The Holy Ghost spoke to my brother and said, uh, Brother, tell you what you do. You get in your car, and you drive out to Interstate 40, and go east towards Fort Smith, like you headed towards Fort Smith, Arkansas. And, uh, and you drive until the Holy Ghost tells you to stop, or something happened, and, and the Holy Ghost will tell you when to stop. Well, now, I, that, that, that sounded unusual. That sounded, you know... My God, why well, don't want to get out on the state party? I'm, I mean, I'm broke and ain't got much gas. But uh, he never questioned the man of God. And he just said, yes, sir, brother. God said it, I'm going to do it. He got in that Chevrolet and got out on the interstate 40 and started driving towards Fort Smith, Arkansas. And down the highway. He went about 10 miles, maybe 15 miles. And all of a sudden, some paper fluttered across the road. And, and he kind of looked at it and he said, you know, that, 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 that looked like a dollar bill. I might better stop and look at that. And, and uh, that time he slammed on brakes, he's come to stop. Uh, the voice of the Lord told him, said, get out and run. And friend, he come out of that car running, climbed that chain link fence, and chased that bill down, and it was a $20 bill. Oh, Lord, he looked at that $20 bill, and he said, oh, hallelujah, this is all right. He come back and climbed back over that chain link fence and got back up out of the car, and looking around, he seen another piece of paper. Here he went, back over the chain link fence, and back across that field, he chased that. And, and there's another $20 bill, and he come back and got across that fence, and he said, now, God, I don't know where they're at, but I don't found two of them. You go help me find the rest of them. And he got out in the middle of that interstate, in the medium, and walked about 200 yards and found $500. Come on now. Now, if he'd have walked out of that office sullen, you know, like he had a dip of skull in his mouth. <laughs> Stupid preacher always. But no, he had faith because he felt the man of God had spoken. The writer said we have ears to hear, but we don't want to hear. We have eyes to see, but we don't want to see. Come on, church. I feel a miracle is headed somebody's way. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My, my other brother uh, came home, gave his wife the money. They, he's been out evangelizing too. He's pastoring in, in uh, Houston, Texas now. And uh, she looked at him and she said, uh, Sweetheart, we need X amount of dollars to, to, to get us straight right here. And uh, he said, sweetheart, this is what I got. And we're going to put it in the hands of God. And God's going to take care of it. He left there with the devil taunting him. How is God going to take care of it when it's another week to payday? And you don't even know what you're even going to get. Go try being advanced sometime. Oh, Lord, I live in a guessing world. I called my wife and I said, let's hope and pray that there'll be a miracle here. <laughs> Let's hope and pray there'll be a miracle here. Hello now. 
And so he's, he's headed back to Baytown, Texas. He's preaching revival in Baytown, Texas. He's driving along there. Bro, ain't got a dime on him. He just said, Lord, it'd be so nice if I could just have a, a McDonald's hamburger, God. That's, that's all I for. Just, just a little hamburger and, 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 and a Coke and French fries. But God, I ain't got no money. Would you supply the need? Holy Ghost said, to pull in here to this service station and run your finger in that telephone thing there. Do what? Pulling this service station here. It's closed. In fact, it's been closed down. But there's a phone there. He pulls off the interstate, pulls up to that thing, gets out, goes up to that phone. He, he said it's silly. He said, I felt so silly. I look around and see if anybody was looking. I didn't have no call to make. <laughs> you know? Run his finger in there, and it, it kind of obstructed and he. He kind of bumped it, and all of a sudden, change just started falling everywhere. $3.85 change fell out of that thing in his hand. He drove straight to McDonald's. <laughs> got his little hamburger and his little french fry and his toast. He got to his trailer. When he pulled up there behind the church, there was a black man sitting on his steps of his trailer. Big overcoat on, it was cold, wintertime. And first thing, a uh, little booger man jumped up on his shoulder and said, he's going to shoot you between your eyes for your money. And my brother said, he ain't going to get much. <laughs> he got out of the pickup, and uh, that fella sitting there on the steps, he stood up and he said, uh, uh, are you the preacher that's preaching this revival? Yes, sir. He said, Preacher, I've been waiting on you about five hours. I've been here since daylight this morning, waiting on you. I didn't know where you was, but I, I need to talk to you. He said, come around behind the trailer. And my brother said, now come around behind the trailer. What do I want to go around behind the trailer for? The guy had a big old overcoat on his hands, stuff down his pocket. And, and a little booger man jumped up on his show and said, he's got a preacher seven in there. He said, he's fixing, to, he, he's fixing to rob you, you know. He, he's fixing to do something to you. So my brother said I kept my distance from him because he said, I don't know what made me afraid, but uh, I guess there's just so much going on nowadays, uh, whether it's black or white. It don't really matter. There's just so much foolishness going on. And, and, uh, and so he kept his distance, and, and the fellow got around there, and when he turned around, that black man was just a squall and a crime. And he said, Preacher, he said, at 5 o'clock this morning, the Holy Ghost woke me up. He said, I know you don't know me, but I do have the Holy Ghost. I, I'm in an apostolic church. But the Holy Ghost woke me up. He said, I, I know the preacher you're preaching for. I've been here before. I've been here before. But the Holy Ghost told me that that preacher that's preaching over there from Marcus needs some help. And the Holy Ghost told me to give you this. And he run his hand in his pocket and pulled out a roll of $100 bills that would choke a mule to death. He said, Preacher, I've been saving this up for me and wife a vacation to Hawaii or something or other. But he said, the Holy Ghost said, give it to you. He said, the Holy Ghost said, I'll take care of you. My brother liked to die. I don't, I don't remember what the amount was, but it was astronomical, man. How many $100 bills was in that roll? And when my brother counted it, and they got it all settled. It was enough to take care of what he had asked the Lord about. Because he had a note pressing. 
The sin that makes God cry is the fact that we don't believe a miracle is fixing to take place in our lives and we turn around and walk off. I heard a sister make this statement one time, said more battles are lost in God's waiting room. More battles are defeated or, 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 or completely lost out because we don't wait in God's waiting room long enough. We become disgruntled, dissatisfied, or disorientated, and lack of faith, and we walk out. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord. Oh, Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank the Lord. I was sitting out by a lake and looking out over the water on Saturday afternoon and was going to have church at night. I was in revival in Anacoka, Louisiana. And I said, God, I, I, I need some clothes. I, I need a new suit. I sweat a lot. That's why I pull my coat off because... Clothes don't last me a real long time. The lining just deteriorates because I sweat so much and, and have to send the cleaner so much and, and just involve a lot. So I said, God, I need a new suit. I don't know where I'm going to get it from. I don't have the funds. And besides, I said, Lord, you know i got a big family and, and it, it, it just takes everything I've got to keep them going. And and, uh, and I love you, Lord. I appreciate you. But I'm, I'm asking you in faith, would you supply me with a new suit? Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I put my, my bills in three piles every month. We pay these, we think about these, and there ain't no way on these. And then I stir them all up and do the same thing again next month. And if anybody kind of gets nasty with me, I'll take his name out of the pile and sit him over here a while and uh, let him suffer a little bit. <laughs> No, really, I don't do that. But uh, I feel like sometimes that's the way I'm doing it, shuffling around. Most time, my kids get things, and I'm left out. We we got a place there in Bluxy, not Bluxy, but in Columbia, Mississippi. Uh, it's called Hudson Salvage. Uh, Hudson Salvage, and really, they 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 renamed it. It's still Hudson Salvage, but everybody has put another name, and they call it the Flaming Boutique. And what it is, it's uh, stores that get burnt out and stuff that gets smoked and, and not damaged, but just gets smoked, damaged, water damaged. So they've named it the Flaming Boutique. And, and you, you really get some good deals at these places once in a while, you know. And, and I've got a couple of suits. It uh, was very expensive suits. Had to send the cleaners a couple of times, get all the smoke smell out of them. But uh, it was like that. And most time, that's not the way I'm getting out. But I said, Lord, I need a new suit. And I thank you for it, God. I don't even have it, but I'm thanking you for it in advance. I got to church that night, come out of the prayer room. A fellow walked up to me and tapped me on the shoulder. He said, Preacher, what type suit you wear? And I said, Whoa, wait, why do you want to know that? He said, I've been there praying just a little bit ago. And a voice spoke to me and said, That preacher needs a new suit. You've got the money to buy him one. You go buy him a suit. I said, now, wait a minute. Have you went and talked to your pastor about this? He said, oh, yeah, I don't went after it. He said, take you down and buy you a suit. I said, well, now, hey, let's get going. I'm ready. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll hold up service and go right now if you need to, you know. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't hardly wait till the, the next morning, you know, to meet that fellow down at that suit store. Walked in that place and there's a, 
aisle of suits or rack of suits by the long of this wall here? He said, Preacher, money's no problem. Just take your pick. Well, man, every time I go to the store, I, I got to look at the price tag for it to decide if I like the suit or not, you know. Uh, and uh, <coughs> some of you know what I'm talking about. Hey, somebody give me a good old Baptist nod or something, other, you know, and tell me you, <laughs> that, that's what you know what I'm, Preacher, I know what you're talking about. And, uh, and so, uh, I mean, it, it startled me. Now, you mean the price don't mean nothing? No, sir. Whatever you pick out, whatever it costs, I, I, it's, it's on me. I went down through and I was nervous as a cat's boy. I'm telling you, I, I just didn't know. And nobody never done me that before. Anyway, I picked up the suit. I really liked it. And he said, he said, Preacher, that's what you like? I said, yes, sir. Thank you so much. He said, well, I'm not through. I want to help you a little bit more. He bought me a brand new pair of shoes. He bought me two new pair of socks. He bought me two new shirts. Two new ties. A box of handkerchiefs. I thought, oh, God, maybe I put four or $500 bills on the bill pole before it gets over with, you know. <laughs> it was pouring down raining. He put a brand new umbrella over me when I went out the door. Man, I never had nobody do that. You, you're talking about, I like to tore my Chevrolet up even though I love my Chevrolet in there. <laughs> I mean, I'm out for pie, Chevrolet, and Mama all the way, but Lord have mercy. Somebody just be that kind heart, you know. I, I, I couldn't hardly wait. I got your payphone. I'd like to never got my, my wife's number in there. I punched in there. I, I was so excited. And then people tell me church is a, is a, is a, is a, a done. What do y'all do for fun out there? Well, some of y'all ain't responding, but uh, church is the happiest time of my life. I ain't got no time to come to church with a Missouri mule look on my face, making three tracks in the carpet. I watch people come in church. I, I watch people come in church sometimes. They're making three tracks in the carpet. They're so low, the chin's just just ooching along on the floor. They are waddling church. I've seen them sit down. They look like peanut butter when they sit down. They just spread out everywhere. Oh. Man, no wonder God gets upset and cries about some things the way we do. It's, it, it's a shame the way we come in church sometimes. I wish you could look from a preacher's perspective, a viewpoint of watch how people come in church sometimes. I sometimes say, God, close the Venetian blinds on my eyeballs. Don't let me see that, God. <laughs> I sat up like Brother Elder is here one Sunday morning, getting ready for Sunday school start. My parking lot was directly out in front of the church, and it had shells and gravel. I didn't was good enough to have like what you've got out here. And uh, this car comes sailing in that parking lot. I thought it was going to come right on through the double glass doors. It just, they slid right up to them, darling, in, in, in a cloud of dust. And, and, and I, I was backing up in that chair. God, they're going to come on through the doors, you know. And he got out of that car and slammed that door. She got out of that car and slammed that door. And I thought, oh, my God, here we go. He come to them double glass doors. He jerked that door. I thought he was going to jerk it off at the hinges the way he jerked it. And he jerked it right back in front of her face. She jerked that door open, coming in that out. He was a snort when he come in there. 
And he come, he took off down this side of the aisle. She come down this side of the aisle. Mad as hornets at one another, man. They don't see me sitting up there looking at them. I'm just, I can't believe this. Coming in my church doing that. I, I, I just can't believe this, you know. He flopped down in the seat over there and picked up a songbook and thumbed through it and throwed it down. And she flopped down the seat over and kind of just... And I looked, about the time I looked at him, he turned and looked at her and he stuck his tongue out of him. Turn my I said, Brother Allen, listen, this can't be. This is in my church. Stuck his tongue out at his wife. I said, Lord, this is a Holy Ghost church. This is the apostolic church. What in the meeting? And, and no sooner than I got that out, here come another family come in church. And here she was about 10 foot ahead of her husband. Boy, she was just... She'd come down that aisle. She'd come to the third pew and she slid about halfway down. She didn't normally sit like this with an arm around her like they normally sit like that. She slid down that pew and just... <clears throat> Here he comes. He's one of these two fellas. You know, he's laid back and he's a... I know they done had a fight at the house. I know that. You look at them. See they are. I throwed my Sunday school book down. I said, devil, you ain't going to get by with this. I don't... In this church, you think you're going to tie me up today? I said, devil, I'm going to make shreds out of you. And oh, friend, they wish they'd have never come to church mad. Because when it was over with, I had them up front apologizing to the church for the way they come in. That's probably why I'm pastoring, why I'm evangelizing there, you know. <laughs> they didn't want to. I said, if you're going to get your spirit right, you're going to have to come in here right. Come on now. Now, I, I, I know this has been a, little, a little, little humorous here, but sometimes we come in church in a frame of mind that God or nobody could help us. Now, 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 don't all of you look at me like I fell off of a turnip wagon somewhere. You, you know as well as I know there's times that, that frictions get so high at the house and things get so out of sorts. I, I guess the, the, the biggest argument me and my wife ever got in was on what color tie I was going to wear to church one. And here I'm the song director now. i got to go to church and we at the house just spitting fire at one another and I say it does matter she said don't it does it don't it does it don't and I wore what I wanted and, uh, and all the way to church she said you look horrible first time I got to church I, I was upset and just back in the you know, life and, and walked to the pulpit to try to sing and I couldn't sing I couldn't do nothing and the preacher walked up and he said son what's the matter I said I'm just bound up he looked at my wife and he said what's the matter We've been a fussing. <laughs> oh, Brother Elder, please don't pull that on us around here. <laughs> I'm telling you, God could do so much more if we could get our minds together. Hear me tonight now. What could God do if we could pull a unified effort and said, I'm going to church with my mind on God.
Devil, I rebuke you. I want to see a miracle. When Jesus looked at the disciples, he said, This sickness is not of death, but for the glory of God. And then he said, All right, let's go. After you've done delayed. You, you, I wonder how many of you still love this pastor. You called the house and said, Oh, preacher, get over here, get over here. I'm a dying. And he was two days showing up getting there. I've got the spirit of discernment right there. I know what's going to be like. Oh, Lord, you're talking about have, have on some misfit shoes and upset. Turn your face to the wall when he walked in. Well, you done got over sick. You're just mad now. Because he didn't come. Jesus didn't show up for two days. And then he said, let's go. And somebody said, Lord, they'll stone us if we go over now. Jesus come right back at him and said, Are oh, there not twelve hours a day? If a man walketh the day, he seeth the light. And he don't stumble when he walketh in the light. But now if he's in the night, he stumbles. But he said, Let us go. Boys, you're fixing to see something. Thomas chimed in and said, Lord, <laughs> they'll stone every one of us. Then he said, Lord, we're going to all die. I'm seeing punch on Luke said, Luke, I wish I told my wife goodbye, but this is it, man. <laughs> this is it. We're going to die. They're going to stone us when we get over there. And here goes 12 disciples following the Lord reluctantly, not sure of what is fixing to transpire because they should have been over there two days ago. They get so far and work goes ahead that Jesus is coming and, and Martha and Mary is in the house. they got a big crowd there and they all are snotting around the ground. Poor Mary, poor mother. And Martha hears about it and she just ups and just bails out of the house and takes off the worry about it. She gets to where the Lord is and she said, Lord Jesus, if you'd have been here, my brother had not have died. But then listen to what she says in the next verse. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou askest of God, God will give it to you. Now that's faith. I mean, he's two days in the grave. The flowers is stacked all over the cemetery there. The funeral has done been, uh, done been uh, taken care of. The sad songs have all been sung. The funeral procession is done filed by and viewed his body for the last time. And she said, but I know that even now. You see, she had seen some miracles. You see, she was a product of one of those miracles. A woman possessed with seven demons uh, that could was had her out of control and God spoke uh, and those demons had to flee yes she loved the Lord yes she knew what the Lord could do there was no doubt in her mind that God couldn't perform a miracle I'm going to tell you what, when you get that positive faith, my friend, there's nothing that will stand in your way. Oh, I know now there's sometimes we pray against the will of God. Now, I, I, I personally believe that. I, I believe there is a perfect will of God, and then a lot of times we get in a permissive will of God. We don't need that. We need the perfect will of God, whether it goes against a grain or not. God didn't say He'd give us all of our wants. He said He would supply our needs. She said, Lord, I know that even now, whatsoever thou askest, God, God will give it to you. Jesus looked at her and said, Martha, your brother shall rise again. Now, now, now Martha missed a little point right there. Even though she got there, she missed it. She's a Pharisee. She believes in the resurrection. 
if you go back, and I won't have time to go into detail, there was a big squabble between the Sadducees and the Pharisees about the resurrection. The Sadducees didn't believe in no resurrection. The Pharisee did. She's a Pharisee. And she comes right back and she said, Lord, I know he'll rise in the resurrection of the last day. I know that. Jesus looked at her and said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And friend of mine, it dawned on Martha what he said. You know what she said? She said, yeah, Lord, I believe. <laughs> He's dead, but yet here she said, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And when she so said, she turned. She didn't let her skirt tail touch her son. She did out back toward the house. Now, here's Mary. Now, don't, don't nobody misunderstand me on this. Please don't. I, 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 funerals are sad. We, we, and, and I'm saying you just had one, and, and, and I'm very sorry. And, and I would not take advantage on this at all. But really, at a funeral, we're supposed to rejoice. That's what the Bible says. But no, we kind of got it in reverse. I lost my wife. I was sad too. But I, I never did accuse God. I just said, Lord. You know what you're doing. I don't know, but you know what you're doing. Here they are sitting at the house. They got all them people, all their friends. Oh, Mary, is she by herself? Martha, she probably got another one of them demons and she's gone again. Oh, oh, Mary. And here comes Martha bouncing in the house, man. Her eyes are a shine. She's got a wild look on her face. She runs up and grabs Mary and all the morning. They're all sitting around there and they're wiping the eyes. I knew there was something wrong with Martha. She's, she's lost it. She's, she's gone. Somebody go get the doctor right quick. And Martha whispers something in Mary's ear. Mary comes up from that. Don't say what all was said, but the Bible says Mary left the house immediately. And then all the mourners, they supposed, what it said, that Mary was going to the tomb. Oh, it's all good. She's going down to pray over her brother again. But to their shock, Mary didn't go to the tomb. Where is Mary going? Somebody get the doctor, she's done lost her mind. Now, I know the Bible doesn't say this is in Charles 4, 1940, okay? And down the road, Mary runs. Crowd trying to keep up. They don't know what in the world is going on. She runs up to the Lord, grabs the whole of him, embraces him, and says, Lord, if you'd have been here. Said the same thing Martha said. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. The Bible says when Jesus heard her and saw the crowd, he became disturbed and he began to groan in his spirit. And he said, where have you laid him? And he was troubled. And then when he said, where have you laid him? The Jews, they all turned to the crowd and said, oh, he loved him. He loved him. Oh, how he loves him. Some of them was even overheard saying, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind that have even caused that this man should not have died? Where was he at when they needed him? Where was Jesus at? The sea walker, the healer. 
Where was that? No doubt there was those that stood with a woman that was bent double and the Lord spoke to her and she stood up straight. No doubt there were those in the crowds uh, that saw blind Bartimaeus uh, alongside the road. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They stood there in amazement as Jesus gave him his sight. They saw the woman with the issue of blood uh, that had no hope, had no money. Everything was gone. And she just said, if I can just reach out and touch him. Could not this man, which has done all of these miracles, could he have saved Martha and Mary, the grief that they're going through? And the Bible says, when he heard all of that, he wept. Wasn't weeping for Lazarus. Y'all forgive me, I've done past nine o'clock. Y'all gonna stay with you more minutes. He wasn't weeping for the fact that there was a stone of opposition there. He wasn't weeping for the fact it's four days now and it's it looks impossible. Oh Shandalabah. Hallelujah. And he weeps and he cries. And then he shocks that crowd. There is a multitude of them just standing there watching all this. I see old Thomas. He's looking on. And the disciples, they're looking on. And, and, and all of a sudden, the Lord turns with a, with a mark of authority in his face. And Thomas knows something's fixing to happen. And I see him punch a oh, little duck boy, the stones is fixing to fly. But he said, let us go that we may die. They was afraid they were going to get stoned for being late down there. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Take away the stone. And then Martha, that had all this faith, she runs on and says, oh Lord, <laughs> oh Lord. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. I see some of Jesus standing around there. You know, they just look on the eyes as I don't see them. They are just astonished at what he said. I see one of them lick his fingers. He said, which way is the wind blowing? I'm getting up wind from this man. I see him talking. Thank God. He says, my God. We fixing to see something here. Can I get in your mind? I'm afraid sometimes we, we overpass this or we overlook this. And I guess God just uh, let me come on where I can see this, the other side of this thing here. Man, he says, take away the stone. Mother said, Lord, he's thinking about now. I see Jesus with a shepherd. Like, My God, let me get out of the way. What's he thinking to do? Oh, don't do that. Martha, don't let him do that. I have walked. Have you ever passed? If you're walking, there's been an armadillo or a tacklemate on the side of the road. He's been laying there four or five days. He's rising with the sun. I had walked and felt my breath until I stumbled because I knew if I ever got a fist in my hand, I lost everything I'd eat that morning. I see that guy. Where's the wind blowing? Oh, no. Usually the back of him. Michael's got a hold of him. He's looking at where the stone's going to come from. He's like terrified. And all I can hear them words echoing across the side of the hill. Take away the stone. The crowd comes to a hush. Nobody's saying anything. And then Jesus turns to Martha after she says, Lord, please don't do this. He's thinking about it. Jesus said, Say not I unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God. 
Shandalala Mahakata Mahaya. I come in from a revival. I guess I'm going to just tell it all tonight. I full. Oh, Lord, I couldn't hardly wait till this service got here tonight. I come in from a revival. I laid the money out on the table. And we figured up our bills and, and got through. There was $3.73 left that I laid on the table. Pay out what we could. It was 275 miles to the next revival. And the car only had a quarter of a tank of gas in it. My wife was like, what are we going to do? No bread, no milk. Come in, been gone for two weeks. And when I come in, there was nothing. I still hadn't left my house completely. Nothing left in there at all. We had to just, just shut down the house while we was gone. And there ain't no bread. <laughs> and I mean, I had to get serious about this thing, I thought. Now, that was fixing to really defeat her. Give me a bad case of the guilt trip here. And I reached across, reached across the uh, uh, table there and grabbed hold of her hand. I said, sweetheart, I, I, I asked you, don't do that. Let's have faith. Oh, y'all want to go with me sometime. I tell you. I said, God will provide. And got up and stalked out of the house. And I said, I'm not going to listen to that crowd anymore. And all I could hear was, I went out and fired up the Yazoo. I said, I'll cut grass and I'll forget this mess. The devil jumped up on the shoulder and said, I ain't going to forget it. hear her voice just echoing. That devil calling me. I tried out running across the yard several times and it didn't work. He's right there with me. Finally, I got up of it. I turned and I said, you foul spirit, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you to be gone. And boom, it's gone. Oh, I said, yeah, I whispered. And my wife was whispering inside. She didn't fall. We're going to die. I don't know how long I took that, but all of a sudden my wife come out the back door of that house. She still had on a movie. About once. She come flouncing out in that backyard, come across it waving an envelope, screaming at me, Shut that thing off! Shut that thing off! And I shut the eyes open. I said, My God, woman, what in the world is wrong? Read this. And I looked at her and I said, Oh my God, a summons. I gotta go to court about something. I gotta sit on a jury somewhere, something. Read this thing. I opened it up. And it was from Montbell. Y'all know Montbell? Y'all got southwestern here, but it's all connected with Montbell anyway. Well, um, it said, Reverend Bourne, we want to apologize for the inconvenience we caused you. But in going over your going over your account, we have discovered where we've overcharged you on some long distance phone calls. And we are reimbursing you. Now, now you say what you will. Now I believe somewhere along about Wednesday of the week before. Gabriel just went down to the telephone office, tapped somebody on the shoulder and said, when you look at old Bourne's uh, account here, there's something wrong out here. Now don't look at me like that. What, what, what does the Bible say? The Bible said, he knows before we even, what? Ask! Now somewhere along about Wednesday, I believe Gabriel tapped somebody in that telephone office on the shoulder and said, you need to look at Bourne's record here. There's something wrong out here. 
And Monday morning, I, I, my wife was squalling. And what it does, it puts faith in the heart. There's a check for $143.74 in that envelope. Son, me and Mama done the Watusi around that Yazoo. I'm telling you. You're talking about shout. Now, I know my neighbors. I picked her up and I had her going out. I was a hugging and a kissing and I was a hollering, praise the Lord, glory to God, and around that long more we go again. I know my neighbors thought I'd lost my mind. But I'm going to tell you what, I've learned a long time ago when God does something, get excited about it. Because my Bible said He delighteth in our worship. I'm not worshiping born. I'm not worshiping elder. I'm not worshiping you. But I'm worshiping Jesus Christ. I come here tonight to exalt the name of Jesus. Now, now the, the, all these mourners, they was trying to put the flim flam on Martha and Mary. But Jesus come along and just passed the buck around. He said, say not unto thee if thou wouldest believe that you would see the glory of God. And then they took the stone away from the grave. And I'm fixing to shut her down here. And then Jesus said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hears me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now here's the miracle. Here's a dead man laying there in that grave on that stone bound hand and foot with a napkin about his face where he can't see. And the Bible said he that was dead came forth. Get somebody to bind your hands to your side and tie your feet together and lay you out on the floor so you can get up. Honey, you can't do it. You, you may roll over, but you ain't going to stand up. You ain't got no way to push yourself out. But he that was dead, bound hand and foot, came forth out of the grave, and Jesus said, Loose it. Then verse 45 says, And many of the Jews that came to Mary and Martha believed. But verse 46, and I wouldn't want this to end on a down beat, but verse 46 says, But some of them. There'll be some of us in this crowd when you walk out of here. The devil's going to jump on your shoulder and say, that Mississippi preacher is crazy as a pumpkin full of gourd meat. Yeah. I don't know why preacher elder ever got him here. The devil will make you believe anything. He can get your mind to listen to long enough. And before you get home, you're in a defeated attitude. He will cause you to get in an argument with your husband or one of your kids that do something and you'll turn around and say, I'm going to knock your head off if you say one thing. You ain't going to knock that child's head off. The devil will have you lying before you get 10 feet from the door. Brother Vaughn, you serious about this? Hey, this is serious business. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, the devil is playing havoc with a lot of Pentecostal people that need to have victory and joy. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord.
Then you go over to chapter 12, verse 9. It says, Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. They came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus. Because it was a big funeral. It was a sad day. But Jesus come along and put everything in reverse. That they might see Lazarus whom Jesus had raised from the dead. But the chief priest of the synagogue consulted that they might put Lazarus to death also. They didn't want that story floating around. That here's a man that has walked to a grave that's four days old. And he spoke life back into a man that was gone. My friend, as sure as I stand here tonight, God can put life back in a dismal person that thinks it's all over with. I don't care what you're going through with, my friend. And I'm sure under the sound of my voice are men and women, some of you probably are going through some severe trials. There's things that probably you're probably beset with that uh, you don't have an answer for. But I have a God. I know a God that knows how to work in every situation. Time will not permit me, and I've done been here too long already. I've done been up here too long already. But I could go on and on and on with miracle after miracle, instant after instant, story after story. I've seen a lot of things. I got the Holy Ghost in a revival that 50 kids got the Holy Ghost. Not uh, There was only one adult person got the Holy Ghost in that revival. One adult, 27 years old, I was the oldest child. I like one month being 12 years old. And from there down to four years old, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in that revival. You talking about set a church on fire? The few kids that got the Holy Ghost at church carried it to school and began to invite kids from the school. And kids and parents began to come to the church. And God just let it be a revival of little bitty fishes. I cannot begin to tell you how many of those are preaching the gospel today. How many of the girls are married to preachers or are involved in some kind of gospel work or somewhere or another. It was a miracle of faith because a brother in the church dreamed he saw a bunch of little bitty fish in a little bitty place. And he heard a voice saying, Save them little fish. He come to the pastor and he said, I dreamed this dream. What does this all mean? I don't understand all this. And the pastor, just all of a sudden, there was a divine revelation that God's going to give us a bunch of little bitty fish. My brother Jerome was the first one to pray through. My brother Joel, the second one. I, the third one. And the revival started. We carried revival to school. They got so upset at school. We'd have prayer meeting in school. <laughs> we had a man for a teacher in the fourth grade. And when it comes to devotion time, I think that's why they finally kicked devotion out of school, just because what we did there at Redwood Mississippi. We'd look at that, there was nine of us in that one class full of the Holy Ghost. We'd say, sir, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He, he, he was a good old, good old primitive Baptist fella. He was a fine fella. So he went out of that room screaming. I don't know nothing about no Holy Ghost. When it got the principal, said them kids are about to drive me nuts about this Holy Ghost. Our pastor had to go to the school. 
try to draw up a solution. This week to expel every one of us <coughs> from out of school. Pastor went to school and finally reconciled with them and, and uh, told the teacher to leave us alone. <laughs> That's all we needed. Every day, we wouldn't ask him, have you received the Holy Ghost? We'd come with the scripture. Then Peter said on them, repent. Sir, have you repented? You know, children, we, we didn't have a wisdom. Jesus said, except you could come as a child. Some of us have got so grown and we ain't, we ain't worth nothing. We think this little noodle up here has got so educated, though. And ain't nobody tell me nothing. Jesus said, except you become as a child. Shandalaba. He cut to Mohosa. Woo! Yabaha Shakatamahaya. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Shinalabaha. Yabaha Tatamaha. Touch my brother now. Shinalabaha Tatamaha. Yay! Who can I Satamahaya? But see, you, you, you can easily tell a man there's 581,678,934,341,000 stars. But tell him, sir, you must repent. He won't believe that. Jesus said to that multitude, if you'll believe, you'll see a miracle. <laughs> But all they could think about was a stinking body. All they could think about was a rotting body. Come on, come on, Hutchinson. God's fixing to do something. I feel a miracle working at hand. <laughs> come on, church. We need a little travailing right here. <laughs> Come on, somebody reach out and grab a hold of that blood-stained hand from Calvary. Hallelujah, Shanda Bahaya. Come on, that's it. Let's worship him. Only believe, oh, only believe, only believe, all things are possible. 
impossible. Come on, church. If we'll just, just believe. Oh, Lord, I believe. Do you believe it tonight? Oh, I believe. Oh, all things are possible. Only believe. Somebody needs to believe it tonight. Yes, Lord, I believe. Oh, I believe. Oh, all things are possible. Lord, I believe. Let's gather around the front as much as we can. I want everybody to come to the front as much as you can. And let's just reach for God. Sir, I'm telling you tonight, you can have something in your heart. Man, you can have the greatest joy in your heart. All you've got to do is put it on the altar. If you'll only believe, only believe, only believe, all things are Possible believe. God help me to believe tonight. Yes, Lord, I, I believe. <laughs> Yes, Lord, I believe. Hallelujah. Come on, reach out to God. Reach out to God. Somebody reach out to Him. Yes, I believe it. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I believe. As I said to you last night, the problem, my sister was 29. She never dated another boy until she was 44. 
last year. From 29 to 44. Stay true to God. Stay true to the church. I don't know how many times she's hugged my neck and said, Charles, thank you for saving me from this trouble. But I got to watch her walk down the aisle in a beautiful white dress at 44. <laughs> you talking about the marriage supper of Cana? Man, we had it. <laughs> when the preacher said, who giveth this woman away? It was 37 born who stood up and said, we do. <laughs> you talking about putting faith in our hearts. And a miracle happened. She could have, she could have very easily have resented me from breaking up a, a marriage that she thought was headed for, you know, the sunsets of love and beautiful fairy tale story. But God put a spirit in her. I watched her stand in service a minute night with her hands crying, speaking in tongues. Told me a lot of times I, I really would like to find somebody, but I don't want to mess my life. There's a miracle waiting on somebody here. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. You just believe it. <laughs>